Today, everyone blames someone else for this mess. Hello again, it's Martin North from Digital Finance Analytics. Welcome to this post covering finance and problem news with a distinctively Australian flavour. Well, the RBA has released its statement on monetary policy today and they have revised up the inflation forecasts, but they say they expect inflation has peaked as at the end of 2022. The calls for the governor of the RBA to leave his post are getting stronger. And some of it's coming from the political classes because, of course, they want to blame somebody else. The RBA, on the other hand, will blame the war in Ukraine, global energy prices, actually anything but their own policy settings. In its latest statement on monetary policy, the Reserve Bank of Australia said that it now expects the trimmed mean inflation to slow slightly to 6.2% in June before settling at 4.3% at the end of the year. That's compared with an earlier forecast of 3.8%. Headline inflation is expected to reach 6.7% in June before settling back to 4.8% at the end of 2023. The RBA does not, however, expect headline inflation to return to the top of its 2-3% target band until June 2025, led partially by strong wages growth. And turning to wages, the central bank predicted that growth in the wage price index would reach 4.25% late in 2023 before declining to 3.75% in the middle of 2025, which means essentially that we're still going backwards. The bank noted that as growth in the economy slows, labour market conditions are expected to ease and wages growth to slow a little. The unemployment rate too is expected to start picking up from around the middle of 2023, reaching 4.5% by the middle of 2025. But given Australia's too high and broadly based inflation, the RBA conceded that it expects that further increases in interest rates will be needed to ensure that the current period of high inflation is only temporary. wonder how long temporary should be defined as. And it warned that if high inflation were to become entrenched in people's expectations, it would be very costly to reduce it later. In assessing how much further interest rates needed to increase, the board will pay close attention to developments in the global economy, trends in household spending and the outlook for inflation in the labour market and it remains resolute in its determination to return inflation to target and will do what is necessary to achieve it, the RBA said. And touching on its last two meetings and its decisions to raise interest rates by 25 basis points at both, the bank argued that this has been necessary to achieve a better balance of supply and demand in the Australian economy. However, while reiterating its goal of returning inflation to the target range, the bank admitted that there are considerable uncertainties surrounding the outlook and so around the level of interest rates needed to achieve the board's objectives. Maintaining a steady pace of increases over several months has given the board the time to assess the flow of incoming data and any shifts in the outlook that may be implied, it said. This mess is getting worse and worse, and nobody wants to take accountability because everybody wants to blame somebody else. In fact, the Greens snagged headlines by demanding the government sack Philip Lowe and reverse the RBA's latest rate hike. But the question is, is that reasonable? Well, it's no secret that economists were caught off guard somewhat by the Reserve Bank's willingness to move rates higher month after month. 
But then suggestions that the government should step in and remove Governor Lowe are actually pretty dangerous. In fact, the now infamous Shane Oliver from AMP expressed concerns that the RBA is going too far and could end up knocking the economy into recession. Each additional rate hike just adds to the pressure out there, Dr Oliver said, dispelling counter-arguments which suggest that Australians have built up substantial savings buffers Dr. Oliver cautioned that household debt is a lot higher, with those in the 25 to 40 age bracket particularly susceptible to changing rate conditions. He must be looking at my research. I'm worried that the RBA is not giving enough time between rate hikes to see what the impact will be, because we know it impacts with a lag. It's about a three-month lag, he warned. And Dr. Oliver found himself at the centre of some rather interesting media coverage over the past week, with the AFR choosing to refer to his rate predictions as lousy. The chief economist explained that predicting the bank's willingness to move rates higher hasn't been a particularly easy task. I do worry that they are going too far and do need to slow it down, Dr Oliver said. We have ended up a lot higher than I expected, and it's virtually the case for all economists. Not all economists. You go back to the start of last year, and I know the CBN ourselves and a very small handful were the only ones to expect any rate hikes in 2022. So you can argue that we were closer to it than the rest, he said. That's a very convenient way of arguing, isn't it? The rest, however, got a little too hawkish. And at the time, Dr Oliver thought many of his peers were going a little too far. We've all been surprised at how high rates have gone, he said. So is it time for low to go? Well, surprise wasn't lacking following the RBA's first rate decision for 2023. Namely, CBA's Gareth Ed and Dr Oliver, without hesitation, revised their rate predictions after Dr Lowe scrapped the words not on a preset path from his statement, words that have appeared in almost all of the governor's previous post-decision communication. On top of his previously brash move, Dr Lowe also indicated on the 7th of February that the board expects that further increases, plural notice, increases in interest rates will be needed over the months ahead. And in response, Dr Oliver said, we added another hike next month. CBA have added two but I have to concede, based on what they're saying, they could be doing a lot more. So, then the question is, are the Greens onto something? The Treasurer needs to do two things, the Greens Treasury spokesperson Nick McKim said earlier this week. First, he needs to ask Philip Lowe for his resignation. And secondly, he needs to use the powers he has to reverse today's decision by the RBA. But, according to Dr Oliver, sacking Dr Lowe would be a huge mistake. That would damage the credibility of the Reserve Bank, one of your primary economic agencies being overruled by the government would make Australia look like a tin pot republic. And it's worth here thinking about Truss and the UK and how her intervention messed the markets and put mortgage rates up even more. Fortunately, Dr Oliver says, I don't think that the government will do that. He did, however, admit that Treasurer Jim Chalmers now regularly remarks about the RBA's independence, and that's worrying. On the one hand, they're independent. On the other hand, he is distancing himself from them so he can blame them. It's a little bit of a worry, Dr Oliver said. The Treasurer's choice of words also suggests that the government 
may have their own questions regarding the RBA's course of action. I think that there will be some in the ALP that would agree with the Greens, not necessarily about reversing the rate hikes, but about getting rid of low. But I think the worst thing you can do is to get rid of a key leader. Financial markets would crash the Aussie dollar, then push up bond yields, borrowing costs would go up. It wouldn't be a pretty picture, Dr Oliver said. Noting that although he does believe the RBA is going a little too far, Dr Oliver hinted that he'd pick Dr Lowe over the government any day. Dr Lowe's term is, however, due to end in September this year. And addressing this earlier this week, Mr Chalmers said all options were on the table with a decision on Dr Lowe's future subject to a government review. I mean it when I say that I will consult meaningfully with my colleagues closer to the middle of the year, the Treasurer said. We've got a Reserve Bank review and I'll receive that next month and respond to it after that. That will obviously be a factor in my thinking when it comes to how we make sure that the Reserve Bank has the right structures and objectives and how it weighs up those objectives. But the point is this. Everybody is trying to blame somebody else. No one is taking accountability for many years of bad decisions. Interest rates were taken too low. Much too much liquidity was thrown into the market by the government, particularly through COVID. And of course, we also have the term funding facility and yield curve control, which the RBA also stuffed up. So there is plenty of blame to go around. But of course, the political story here is everybody finds that they had nothing to do with the problem and everybody blames somebody else. doesn't help because the size and scope of this issue is critically important to manage effectively. We have to make better decisions ahead, which means getting forecasts better, but also perhaps admitting that there are multi-elements playing here across government, the Treasury, and of course the Reserve Bank and other regulators. There is plenty of blame to go around. I'm Martin North from Digital Finance Analytics. Many thanks for watching and I'll see you again next time.